the Word. Are you ready? You know we've been started in this series, um, and we've entitled this series, I've entitled this series, Uncommon. And, and this is part two in this message series. So if you missed last week, it's okay. We'll review just a little bit. But we're talking about the, the book of First Peter and, and being called out, being set apart, being different. If you missed last week, we learned that Peter himself wrote the book of First Peter. It's a letter that Peter wrote, and, and he wrote it down uh, to the hurting Christians um, in, in the world at the time. And, and remember, he was writing to a group of people that were severely persecuted, severely Maybe more so than almost any other time in history. Remember, it was uh, the time of a, an evil emperor named Nero. And we talked about how Nero was persecuting these Christians. And Peter wrote the book during this time of extreme persecution. And the uh, emperor Nero was one that would, would tie Christians to a tree and dip them in wax, tie them to a tree and light them on fire. And it's just human candles. And he actually blamed, he burned down the city of Rome, his own city, because he had this thirst for building in the Roman Empire, the gov- government, the senators wouldn't let him build. So he said, well, if I burn it down, somebody's got to rebuild it. So he burnt down his own city. And when they, when they were looking to see who caused this, the emperor Nero blamed the Christians. He said it was those people, those Christ followers. And after Nero blamed those people... Um, People were starting, some believed him, and, and, and people were persecuted. The Christians were persecuted because Nero blamed the Christians for burning down the city. So this is the context into which Peter is writing his letter. And remember, Peter wrote to them, and he was essentially trying to give them just a little bit of hope um, in an in a, in a, in a extremely persecuted time. And he would say to them words like, this world is not your home. Remember Peter said that, that you are not of this world. You are not permanent citizens of this world. You are just passing through. You are sojourners, People, Peter said. This world is not your home. And because this world is not your home, uh, Peter said, God is calling you to be set apart, to be different, to be uncommon. Not to live as the people in this world because you are not a citizen of this world. You don't belong to this world. You're just passing through. So God is calling you to be different, Peter would say. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, God is calling you to be an uncommon person in this world. You'll have uncommon values in this world. You will have uncommon passions, things that you get excited about. You'll you'll have uncommon use of your time. You'll have uncommon use of your own resources. You'll be different as a parent. You'll be different as a spouse. You'll be different in the way that you work. God is not calling us to be as the world, common. He's calling us out to be different, to be uncommon. And so we read again in 1 Peter, and we're moving through the book in chapter 1, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn to the book of 1 Peter if you haven't gotten there already. And we're going to start in verse 13 and following. And I want you to feel the power and the weight of these words this morning. I hope you came this morning ready to be, to, to be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. And I hope you would open your hearts to what Peter has written. Feel the weight of these words. Peter says, Therefore, with minds that are fully alert and sober... Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, Peter continues on, 
do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, God says, be holy because I am holy. And 17, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, Peter says, live out your time as foreigners, sojourners, just passing through. Live out your time as foreigners, temporary residents. In other words, this world is not your home. You have a different home. You're just passing through. You have a higher calling. God calls you to be different, to be uncommon. And for so many people in our culture, if I can just say, it might be, this might be one of the biggest issues or problems. Many people in our culture have the biggest problem because their desire, and maybe your desire too, the biggest obstacle maybe even for you fully following Christ is your desire to fit in. Peter says you're not supposed to fit in. You're called to be different. You're called to be, well, he says you're called to be holy. The Word of God says, and Peter didn't just make that up. That's Old Testament right there, the book of Leviticus. Be holy, God said, as I am holy. Peter's just reminding the Christians and reminding us. But the biggest obstacle to so many people to be faithful to God's call, to call to be different, is the longing to look like everyone else, to belong to this world, to kind of fit in. But I hope you'll understand, Jesus followers this morning, I hope that you will understand that God did not call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. He never said that we are to blend into the things of this world. We're not told to conform to the patterns of this world. We're told to not conform to the patterns, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Peter said, don't conform to the evil desires you had. He said, when you lived in ignorance, now that you've been transformed. We're never called just to blend in, folks. As Jesus followers, we're called by God to stand out, to be set apart, to be different in the way that we live. Why do we want to be common anyhow? Have you looked around to see what common is, what normal is? Normal, common is is bondage. Normal is fear. Common is divorce. Normal is tension. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is, is not liking your job. Normal is fighting depression. That's normal. I don't want anything to do with being normal and common. I went off the common road, if you will. I, I, Jesus said there is a common road. He said there's a, there's a path that is broad and wide, and there's a lot of people on it. But he said there's an uncommon road, another road. And this one is much more narrow, and the gate is a lot smaller. And he said a few people find this road. For broad is the road, and wide is the path, Jesus said, that leads to destruction. But narrow is the one that leads to life, and only a few people will find it, Jesus said. And it's my prayer that we would be amongst those few, because the passion of those few, that there would be more and more and more that would find that path because of the passion of the few that are on that narrow road. You all right so far? It's not the normal common path on which we are called to travel. God's calling us to be set apart. 
He's calling us to be uncommon. As we dive in today, I want to just to say, first off, if you're sitting here and, we, and there's any perfect people in the room this morning or tuning in online, y'all can, y'all can tune out right now. It's okay. This message is not for you, perfect people. Uh, you've got to buy this week, as they say in football terms. You can just kick back or you, know, you can even sneak out if you'd like to. If you're a perfect person, I give you permission. Shut the, t- shut the stream off. Go ahead and, and just sneak out. No one's going to judge you much because I know these people, and I know they might a little bit. But if you're perfect, you, you've got to buy. And in case you're new and you're wondering, is the pastor a perfect person? Look at one of the persons who's not new in this place and tell them, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. There's no perfect people here. But if you feel like you are, now's your time. And with that, I want to look back again to the words of Peter speaking to a, 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 real, a group of very, very hurting Christians. And maybe today the Spirit of God might speak to some of you in a way that would stir you up, that would prompt you, that would move you, that would lead you to be set apart. Because God has not called us to blend in. He's called us to be different and uncommon in this world. And I want to look at what he teaches us in his word in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at again verse 14. This is what Peter said. As obedient children, he said, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, there was a time when you didn't know any better. There was a time, quite honestly, where some of you might still be, but there's a time where you didn't really know any better, and you were doing some things even now that, you know, you might not, as as your pastor, I might not say, well, that's not the wisest thing for you to do even now, but, but you haven't yet learned. You haven't yet grown. You haven't been transformed by Jesus, and, 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 and you need to learn that there was a time that Peter says that you lived in ignorance. There was a time when you weren't really as accountable because you just didn't know. But now you might know such better. As Peter is saying, you might know better now. In 15 he said, But just as he who called you, and he who he's speaking of here is God, he said, But just as he, just as God who has called you, is what? Say it together. Holy. Just as he who called you is holy, so be, say it together, holy in all that you do. And then it goes on to say in 16, for it is written, say it with me, be holy because I am holy. Be holy in all that you do. What I hope you'll notice is that what this text does not say, what so many people want to believe today and probably you've heard, not you yourself probably didn't say this ever, but people you know, you may have heard people say, what this scripture does not say is, be happy in all that you do. Because I am happy, you're called to be happy. Cue the music. No, it's not coming. It's not coming. But do you notice that for so many people, especially in the Western version of Christianity, so many people believe that God's highest calling and purpose for us is our happiness. How many people have heard people say, well, I know that God wants me to be happy. The problem, problem with that is happiness is based on happenings. And happenings don't always make us happy. Sometimes happenings may be unhappy. And there's something greater that is a joy that can come from a deep and abiding relationship with Christ. And I hope you'll understand that God's happiness is not your highest calling. God's holiness for you is a higher priority than your happiness. You've got to hear that this morning, church. 
You got to hear that, feel that. God's highest calling for Jesus' followers is not their happiness. God's highest calling is their holiness. He's called us to be holy, set apart. The problem with what I call the theology of happiness, and I hope you get this this morning, church, the theology of happiness, in other words, God wants, wants me happy above all else. The problem with, with the, the theology of happiness is that it empowers what I call personal justification. Hear this this morning, church. This is, this is crucial. And if it steps on your toes, don't get mad at me. This is the word of God. I think, well, if God wants me happy, then I'm able to do something that would otherwise be wrong or unwise because ultimately, well, God wants me happy. And if God wants me happy and I'm not happy in my marriage, well, then I can just walk out the door even though we're in a covenant because, well, I'm just not happy and God wants me happy. This can cause this personal justification to happen. If I'm not happy because I I don't have this one thing, I don't have this thing, if I can get that thing, I will be happy. And God wants me to be happy, right? So I'm going to do everything I can, beg, borrow, or steal, to achieve or get that thing, because God wants me to be happy. Maybe you're, you're younger, right? And I hope there's some younger folks still, yeah, there are. And you know there's there's this uh, and you know that God's word says that we we wait until we're married before we engage in God's gift of sex and love making, right? Which reserved for marriage and you go, well, I got my needs and God wants me to be happy. So here comes the justification. Here it comes. And it's and it's just God's word. It's not me. You know, you know I'm a man, I got needs. Come on, you know, I got I, you know, it's going to make me happy after all. You know, we're in love and it, and this is just going to happen. You know, we're we're emotionally attached and we're we're almost married so that, you know, we we personally justify something because God wants me to be happy. And what happens is when we believe it all else above all else that God wants us to be happy, suddenly, hear me church, suddenly discomfort, delay, risk, inconvenience couldn't possibly be God's will, right? Delay, inconvenience, uh, this couldn't be God's will because, well, after all, it's uncomfortable. It's not making me happy. And suddenly, without even knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, convenience, and things. God is supposed to get me what I want, right? Because I'm supposed to be happy. God's called me to be happy. God is supposed to make me happy. That's it. And what we need to understand that God, folks, God does not exist to serve our needs. We exist to serve Him. He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. Let's drill down on the word real quick. Holy. It comes from the Greek word hagios. Hagios. It's a pretty cool word. Hagios means holy. Set apart. Different. Unique, pure, I can add uncommon in there if I wanted to stick with the theme of the, the, uh, the sermon series. It's translated as set apart, holy. God's calling us to be different, not to conform to the patterns of this world. He's calling us to be set apart. Not my words, God's word. He's calling us out to be different. So if you're ever uncommon in the way that you live, you might just be following Christ. I could do my best Jeff Foxworthy right there. If you're uncommon in the way you live, you might be a Jesus follower. I know, wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? I I do better. 
Let me say it this way, that if you're not living any differently from the world, I promise you, you're not following Christ. God calls us to be different and set apart. How? Here's one way that we experience it, at least in my house, and I know in a lot of your houses. He calls us to be different, not to be the same, to be uncommon, to do, not do what the world does, right? Uh, when Sunday rolls around in our house, the question has never been asked in my home, are we going to church today? Never once has that been uttered in my home on a Sunday morning. I can't remember one time. Unless somebody was deathly ill. or I don't even remember that. And it's not because I'm the pastor. I'm not talking about in the last couple years. In my life, with my wife, with my kids, my entire walk with Christ, it's never been the question, are we going to church today? It's never been, Dad, are we going to the game, the party, the concert, the whatever, or are we going to church today? That question has never been uttered in my home. Never been a question. All that to say this, parents, I hope you'll understand, is if you want to raise uncommon, different kids, at some point in your life, you're going to be, need to be different. If you're not different in any way in your household, then how in the world can you expect your children to see the value in following Christ? If you're not different in how you live, how can you expect your children, when they grow up a little bit, to have any tolerance to being set apart or different? God is calling us to be holy, set apart in all that we do. The way we are holy might be a little different in our house than you are holy. The standards we set in our family might be a little different than the standards you set. But the bottom line is we're seeking God's standards that we believe are going to be pleasing to Him. In fact, Peter goes on to say this, and if you look at it in a different version, I love how the New Living Translation uh, translates this. He says this, So you must live as God's obedient children. And then he says in this version, he says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't slip back. I love that. Don't fall into trouble. Don't slip back. Because, you know, how many of you know that you can slip into some trouble? Right? You can slip into some trouble. But it's almost impossible to slip into righteousness. Right? You can slip into trouble. Oh, man, how did this happen? You can say to people, well, I fell into sin, right? I just fell into sin. And you can, we can debate whether that's a real thing or not. But you never hear it, heard, heard, hear it said, I just fell into righteousness. I fell into holiness. I mean, I didn't mean to. I'm just holy. How'd that happen? I don't know. Behold, I fell in. I'm holy. I'm just, I didn't mean to. I just got up and I was trying so hard to sin. But holiness caught up with me and now I'm holy. Doesn't happen that way. But we will have an enemy that we have an enemy who will cause you to slip back or slip up. We have a real enemy, and it's hard to understand um, his ways because he is sneaky, he is subtle, and he is 100% real. Hear me, church. The, the, the father of lies, Satan, the prince of darkness, the liar of all liars, his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy you. Your children, your parents, your friends any Jesus followers. And let me tell you, because he's sneaky, because he's really subtle, he doesn't come up to you one day and say, hey, 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 come here. Come here. Come on over here. That's my Beetlejuice, in case you didn't recognize it. 
He doesn't come up and he says, hey, why don't, why don't you come over here and be a devil worshiper? Come on, let's go sacrifice some chickens in the garage. Come on. He doesn't do that. He's subtle. He's subtle. What he does is the very same thing he did all the way back in the first book of the Bible in the garden when he says to Adam and Eve, did God really say, don't eat of the fruit of that tree? Did God really say that? Did God really say, this is how he's going to get you. He's going to attack you. It's one of the greatest deceiving questions that takes people off of the standards of holiness today. And even in the church, it could come across many different ways, but he's really saying, did God really say, fill in the blanks? Did God really say that? Come on. Did God really say, fill in the blank. Did God really say that you got to go to church and pray? Did God really say that? Did God really say to be holy? Did God really say you're supposed to wait until you're married? Did God really say, because you know everybody else does it, did God really say, Surely it's okay to post what you're posting. Did God really say not to post that stuff? Come on. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. Surely it's okay, young people, to post half-naked pictures on your social media, right? In all these provocative positions, right? It's okay. Everybody else is doing it. It's okay to to fight like everyone else, right, on your social and, and in person. It's okay to argue like everyone else does. Everybody's doing it. It gets more likes, doesn't it? Right? I got teenagers. I see it. They're not the only ones. But it gets more likes. Come on, everybody's doing it. Did God really say that it's not okay to watch that Netflix show? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did God really say it's not okay to listen to that music with all those all those lyrics in it? Did God really say it's not okay? I mean, I know it's got some bad stuff in it. And, you know, it doesn't bother me, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's just, it's fine. Did God really say not to do that? This is how the enemy creeps in, folks. He doesn't say, let's go to the garage. He said, did God really say not to listen to that? I often picture... Picture it like a piece of wood. That, that might be a perfect square block of wood. But the devil gets in and he, he comes with his knife and he starts whittling away. Did God really say, come on, you can compromise on that. And before you know it, he's got you. Before you know it, you don't know how you've gotten so far from God. But I guarantee you, if you're feeling far from God, he's not the one that moved. He's not the one that moved. And what makes this message challenging is, I don't want to get hung up on one or two or five things, but did God really say whatever it is? What, what, I'm really, you know, I know you say, Pastor, you, you don't know me. I'm better than a lot of people. You know, I can handle this stuff. And, and, I, and at least I don't sin like they do. That's the danger in comparing some of these things, is that, well, pal, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sinning like those people do. You know, a lot of people, I'm better, Pastor, than a lot of people. I'm better than a lot of people. You know, I'm a good person. I'm better than a lot of people. The problem is, a lot of people is not the standard. It's not the standard. Are you getting this this morning, church? A lot of people are not the standard. Jesus 
calls us, God calls us as Jesus' followers to be different and set apart. I want to just show you a couple of questions, a couple things to chew on this week or maybe even over lunch today. We're not going to drill down. These are just for you to, you note takers and people that like to remember stuff. Take a screenshot, whatever you got to do. But just to kind of prime the pump and to get you thinking, you know, that you can talk about it or whatever. I want you to get a few th- few questions in your mind when you, when you look at these things and how can I be holy? I don't understand. How can I do this? What are some areas? First question, what are three areas I struggle most trying to fit in? What, what are these areas that I struggle the most trying to fit in? I need to be accepted. Is it on the football team? Is it on the cheer squad? Is it, is it at work certain people get together and they're the cool kids? I'm talking to you adults. Let's go out for a drink. You know, let's go out for cocktails to celebrate so-and-so's uh, anniversary or birthday. What is it? What are the three areas that you struggle most trying to fit in? Because I do know it's a struggle. Next question. When is it a time that I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? We're just going to call it what it is, folks. When is there a time that I put my happiness above God's call for holiness, convenience, denying, stuff like that? When is there a time that I compromise and I put my happiness above God's call for me to be holy? One more. What are the biggest ways that I'm different, I'm uncommon, or I'm set apart from the world what are some ways that i'm different from the world what are some ways that really i'm not conforming that i i am i am different if you're a follower of jesus you're going to find some ways and and celebrate those ways and build on those ways and then this is probably the biggest point of application right here what is the area that god wants me to be uncommon or different what's the biggest area that god is showing me if you've come in here this morning with an open heart and an open mind ready to receive what god has for you through his word what is the biggest area that god is showing me that he wants me to be different we don't just come to church and listen we're not just hearers of the word right we're doers of the word we're letting god's spirit speak to us to convict us to show us to lead us into all unrighteousness as god's word says What's the biggest area that God wants me to be different? You might say, what does it even matter? Well, let me close this message with some scripture this morning. And hopefully you'll see why it matters. Let's go back to 1 Peter. And I want you to grab the heaviness and the gravity of what the rest of 1 Peter tells us. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from this empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Hold on now. Read that again. It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. It wasn't with these things, he says, that was set that have set you free from the longing for more. He says in 19, but it was with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was the sinless Son of God who sets you free. It was Jesus Christ Himself 
that pointed you toward life eternal. It was the risen Son who forgave your sins and made you new. In fact, He was chosen before the creation of the world. But He was revealed in these times for your sake. God could have just gone out, gone about His business. He didn't have to send Jesus for you. But it was chosen before the creation of the world. And it was revealed in these last times. Didn't we determine a few weeks ago that we're living in the last times? These are the last days. He was revealed to you in these last times for your sake. Because of you. For you. That through Him, you believe in God. Through Christ, you believe in God. Through Christ you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. It's through Christ. Hear me, church. It's through Christ. Huge point here. Gigantic thing you need to understand this morning. We need to understand that the li- that holy living, get this right, church. Holy living is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. Did you get that? Holy living, living holy, we can't be good enough on our own to please God. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. Suddenly when we, suddenly when we know Christ, it's not that I have to do this or I don't can't do that or I get all this stuff, I wish I could do that wild thing that's kind of fun, but on our hearts on the inside, things start to change. Knowing Christ is where it starts. That's our pathway to holy living, holiness. Instead of, oh, I don't want to or I wish I could, instead it's like I don't want to do anything that displeases God. And we get to a place in our life that, that the, the church would call, and the scripture would call, more importantly, a sanctified life. We talked about that in membership class this morning. And it's so important. We want to live life that brings glory to God. You know, we, we don't care what everybody else thinks. We're not conforming. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if they think it's different. I don't care if they criticize. I don't care if they don't understand. I'm living for an audience of one. And it might make your life look different and uncommon from what people are normally used to seeing. What? Makes people turn their head, huh? Well, you got in that, what? Now what? You just say, you know what? I, I, I just want to live a life that brings glory to God. That's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. I want to live a life, I don't care what everybody else thinks. I don't care if it's different. I'm proud to be different. I'm not ashamed to confess that I am different because of who He is. And this is the key. Don't miss it. What I'm not talking about is an outward behavior modification. All right? I'm not talking about outward behavior modification. I'm talking about inward spiritual transformation. It's not, hey, hey, look, uh, I don't say bad words anymore. (laughs) I don't say that anymore. No, it's, hey, look, I've been changed from the inside. And out of the overflow of the heart, the Bible says what? The mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because I've been changed on the inside, I don't talk like that anymore. 
I'm talking about inward spiritual transformation. And then what you'll start to see, you know, I, I'm, I, I, you, you, you strive for holiness out of the transformation that's happened in your heart first. And because your roots get deep in Christ, you start to see the fruit of the Spirit coming out. But it starts with the commitment to Christ. Christ is the pathway to holiness, not the other way around. You okay with that, church? I'm not trying to do these things, but I'm not trying not to do certain things on the outside. But actually, he's making me more like Christ on the inside. And because I'm coming more like Christ, not, not in my natural self, but supernaturally, by his power, I'm starting to live a life worthy of the calling that he set apart for me. Today, church, is my prayer that the Spirit of God would do what I can't do in this service this morning. And it's to show you any area of your life that would be displeasing to God. And not out of obligation, I have to try harder, but out of an inward spiritual transformation. That we would be changed from the inside toward the out. And recognize that holy living is not the pathway to knowing Christ. But knowing Christ is the pathway to holy living. And so with everything in us, I would ask, church, my prayer for this service is that we would seek Him and ask Him to change our hearts. Ask Him to change us on the inside. And then things start to change on the outside. How many times have you seen it, church, in people? They get changed on the inside, and then suddenly those behaviors, those things that would be what I would call displeasing to God or maybe even unholy, these things would change on the outside because of the change on the inside. Take those questions, those four questions that we asked. Look at them when you get home. Check them out online. Look at them again. They're all there. Do some personal inventory in your own heart. And I don't care what it looks like to the world. And I don't care. And people are going to people are going to say stuff and that's not normal and that's not common well God's not calling you to be normal and common God's calling you to be set apart uncommon and more importantly holy not my words it's God's word not my words would you stand while everybody's standing and woke Thank you. Some of the young people are like, yeah, well, he said, woke. While you're standing and you're kind of shaking them off and you're back up, um, two things. Board members, those that are here, I need to have a quick board meeting at the end of service right afterwards in the back uh, where we always meet. So if you have five or ten minutes for me, I'd appreciate it now that I have all your undivided attention. But take inventory and, and hear the word of the Lord this morning. Not my words, hear the word of the Lord this morning. You know, we prayed before this service started that the Holy Spirit would come and he would have his way. And you guys, a lot of you, said amen. And I want to know, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way? Did you really mean that? Did you really mean it when you said amen? You know what amen means, right? So be it. 
So you agree with the Holy Spirit coming and challenging you and, and, and convicting you if he needs to and speaking to your heart. No matter what the cost, he's going to come and he's going to speak. Now, will you listen? You're called to be holy, set apart. Will you hear his word? Will you be obedient? Will you take another step in your journey with Jesus Christ to be holy and set apart in all areas of your life, even the hidden areas that nobody talks about, even the hidden areas? Will you be holy? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that does convict and does reveal things and in much the same way takes that same block of wood and whittles away and carves us into the image of Christ. Because there are things, Lord, if we would all admit it, those that are here and those joining us online, Lord, if we would all be very transparent with you, God, well, you know everything anyway. But there are some areas in our life, Lord, that we are willing to change, that are easy for us to change. And then there are some areas, God, if we're completely transparent, there are some areas in our lives, Lord, that would mean quite a bit if we were to change those areas. It would be quite a transformation, quite a change. But God, it doesn't doesn't take away from the fact that you called us to be holy above all else. Be holy as I am holy, your word says. And God, after we've accepted you as Savior, the pathway to holiness is knowing Christ. And as we continue to walk with you, God, we pray, would you reveal things, God, in us that are not pleasing to you, are not ideal, Lord, in our in our striving to be um like Christ because of as as Peter has said because we were bought with a price a very 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 precious and priceless gift of Christ's sacrifice his blood on the cross it's the price we were bought with Christ's death and blood so that we might have a life of holiness being transformed into his likeness the cost Lord for you was your life and the fact Lord that you died for us the very least we can do is live for you so God would you reveal to your people today Jesus followers this morning Would you reveal to your people this morning, God, anything in our lives that needs fixed, needs to be be altered, needs to be pointed toward holiness? We would all say, Lord, that there are some things that we could change on the outward that would be very easy for people to see a difference. But Lord, the the inward strive to holiness starts with the, the change in our hearts. Not behavior modification, but a spiritual transformation. So God, out of love for you and love for what you've done because of Christ on the cross, Lord, the very least we can do 
is try to be holy as you've called us. So Lord, if there are any things in our life, any of those questions, Lord, that would come across the page and we would look at it and we really would need to take personal inventory, God. Not because some preacher said so, but God, you said so in your word. If you find any wicked way in me, God, I pray that you would cleanse me. That, Lord, you would reveal to me and be right by my side as I make difficult choices. Because I know that I know that I know that I cannot compromise anymore. I cannot live as common as everyone else. I have to be called out holy, uncommon, different, set apart. Because of the change that's in my life, I need to be set apart and holy. With everybody in prayer this morning, no one looking around, no judgment here, but we want to lift you in prayer this morning. You would say, Pastor, there are some things that I need to, to straighten out in my life and my, and my desire for holiness. I'm not talking about the easy things that, well, I'm going to not drink, smoke, swear, or chew, or run with women that do. I'm not talking about the easy things. I'm talking about things that would alter your life that would alter your living situation, that would alter the way that you go about everyday life. It's that important. And I know in a group this size that that people are dealing with some stuff because we asked the Holy Spirit to do that. So we'll close with this and we'll be done. And I gave you those questions. But as we're all in an attitude of prayer and a posture of our heads bowed, our eyes closed, you say, Pastor, there are some big things that I need to work on. And I need God's help. I need His help. I need His I need the Holy Spirit. I need it. Because of the change that's in me, because Christ paid for my salvation with His own blood, I need to be holy. There are some things that I need to change that are going to be kind of weird looking as the world looks on. It's not going to look like normal stuff that the world does, but it's going to look pretty uncommon. Nobody looking around. If that's you, want to lift you in prayer and hold you accountable. You might want to watch those hands as they come up. But if that's you this morning, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. There's some things I need to, I need to change. They're pretty drastic. But with God's help, I'm going to move toward holiness. And I'm committing my life to doing that as I stand here this morning. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your obedience to the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Father, I pray that you've seen these hands as well. And Lord, you know that people striving toward holiness need the help of a holy God. And so, God, I lift those before you this morning, right before the throne of grace. God, would you help those of us that have raised our hand and said, I want to be more like Christ. There are some things we need to change for our desire for holiness. And God, we've had the courage of a few that have lifted their hands up. And right now, God, I pray for those who would have surrendered these areas of their lives to you this morning. God, would you be with them, guide them, Give them wisdom, Lord, and accountability. Christian friends and relatives and people that will be in their lives that would help them stay accountable to that.
God, you called us to live in community among one another, to share one another's burdens and concerns, praying for one another. So God, I pray for the saints to rally around the people that they know, Lord, and that they would be able to give them the encouragement from your word and and in prayer. God, we lift these folks who have had this boldness to say, I am changed on the inside. Now change me, Lord. Set me apart. Make me uncommon. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The board members, just mill around a little.